Welcome to the Readerly Report. Your hosts are Gail Weiswasser and Nicole Bonilla. We hope you will enjoy our candid book conversations, recommendations, and observations on the reading life. Thanks so much for joining us. Okay, so welcome to another edition of the Readerly Report. Gail and I are here today, and we're going to be talking about some of our spring books that we are looking forward to reading now that spring has finally sprung, sort of. It's definitely warmer here in New York City. Like as of today. Right, as of today, literally (laughs) as of today. Right. Spring came in on a snowstorm, and now I think we're in business. So let's get to some spring reads. Great. Gail. Okay, well, so I'm in the middle of a new spring read right now, Ooh. which um, I just started, and I actually forgot to check and see when it's coming out. But the book is The Female Persuasion by Meg Oh, Wolitzer. I'm so glad. Yes. Are you, are you reading it? Was I'm it on your list? I'm not reading it. It's on my list. I loved her book, The Wife. Her other books I've kind of been hit and miss on, but I just, just feel like she provides such a really good female perspective so I'm excited to hear that you're reading it what's it about about a fourth of the way through so it's about this girl named Greer Kadetsky who uh, grows up in uh, god where New York I can't remember and she goes to college uh, at this school in Connecticut and while she's there she attends a lecture by a kind of famous sort of old school feminist named Faith Frank And this woman, Faith Frank, has a real impact on Greer. And when Greer graduates from college, she ends up getting a job with Faith Frank. And so that's where I am right now. She's living in New York. She's now working for this kind of new company, this new organization that Faith Frank is at the head of, which is trying to uh, get women speakers around the country to talk about injustice to women. So it's kind of amazing because obviously Meg Wolitzer started writing this book, you know, a couple of years ago. And it's amazing to me how current the book is. It's all about feminism, discrimination, things that women have to go through. Um, and what I love about Meg Wolitzer is her books are so detailed and you just can picture everything that's happening so perfectly. Like she's so, she's so descriptive and analytical and it, I mean, her books are projects. They're long. Um, I read The Interestings. That one was a really long book. Um, the Ten Year Nap was a really long book. But she—they're worth it. And you, once you start them, you get really involved. And she's just such a like incisive uh, observer of culture and relationships and how people talk and what they do. So, like I said, I'm about twenty five percent done. And it just came out yesterday, and I know this book is going to get lots of attention this week, next week, and I I recommend it, especially if you're a a fan of her other books. Yeah, I've been seeing it around for a while. So yeah, you're right. Definitely tons of attention. I think her books just um, garner that kind of excitement. It's always exciting when there's a new Meg Wolitzer. And she, even though she puts her books out fairly often, Yep. Yeah. Probably every two years or so. Yeah. Okay. What do you have coming up? Okay. So I also similarly have started um, a book that is going to be out a little later this spring. I believe it's coming out in May. It's called The High Season by Judy Blundell. And um, it kind of reminds me of 
like a J. Courtney Sullivan or who wrote um, Jennifer, is it Jennifer Close who writes Girls in White Dresses? Yes. Did she write that? Yep. Jennifer Close. It reminds me of that kind of summer book. It's set in this town outside of the Hamptons and it is about a woman who, you know, in order to afford the lifestyle that she has, she has to give up her house every summer someone rents it for the season and that's just how she finances her lifestyle. She's got a teenage daughter who's going to be going off to college soon. She's got um, a husband that she's sort of in the middle of divorcing. And so this takes place as they are moving out of their house for the summer to let um, this woman, this mysterious woman, I think that she's had some dealings with because she was married to an ex boss of hers, but it seems like this woman is sort of trying to take over her life. She rents her house for the summer. So I just started reading this. Like I said, it, it, it just reminds me of that kind of summer book. And you have sort of like the clash between the summer people and the people who live year round. So sort of, mm, I wouldn't say have nots because she could afford a house in East Hampton, but um, definitely some push pull against, um, I guess, lesser privileged and super privileged but it seems like it's that kind of great summer book and you know the characters are good and it's detailed and interesting so i am about 57 pages in this comes out actually may 22nd so okay not for a little while yeah the tail end of spring so i will report back on that and um you know if that sounds like if it's it's of interest this would probably be the time to get yourself on a hold list somewhere or pre-order it. Yes. Okay, so my next one is called The Gunners. Have you heard of this book, Rebecca Kaufman? Yes. Okay, have you read it? Haven't read it. It's on my list. We have lots of overlap. I love it. Okay, good. So I actually just recommended this for book club, and I'm kind of hoping that's what we might pick. Um, this book is kind of the thing that type of contract that you and I are both very uh, partial to, which is uh, a bunch of friends from college who go their separate ways and then they kind of come back together here. One of them kills herself. And so the group of childhood friends, I guess it's not at college, it's childhood. They reconnect and there are secrets among the group, particularly one of them who has to confront his own issues with his own family and it comes out as he's reuniting with his friends. So, um, I don't know. This one just appealed to me and it's only 224 pages, even better. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So, um, yeah. So I like the way that one sounds. So one of the books that it, um, I really like it. It came out a few months, not a few months ago came out a couple of weeks ago, probably March 6th. It's by Alma Katsu. It's called The Hunger. Um, it's sort of the retelling of the Donner Party expedition. Um, I really like her writing, her historical fiction writing. She wrote this book called The Taker, which was part of a trilogy. Um, it was like historical fiction set in Boston. It sort of had kind of supernatural underpinnings. So, Gail, I would not recommend it for you. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the historical accuracy of the time period, and I kind of like that it was exploring immortality. 
Um, she wrote two follow-up books that I didn't like as much. Um, they were modern. I sort of felt like The Taker had said everything that it needed to say about that story, but, you know, I don't know if if she was under any obligation to continue them, but they just didn't have the same tone as the first book. So The Hunger marks her return to, I guess I would call her form as just like this really observant historical fiction writer. She's focusing on the Donner Party, and once again, there is sort of like, it's so realistic, like in terms of the relationships that these people had with each other, the hardships and the tensions that were tearing apart this camp as they try to make it across this just desolate landscape in the winter with dwindling supplies. So you get a lot of that kind of flavor, but there is something a little bit, you know, supernatural that probably, not even probably, that of course is not historically accurate, but it's just really fun and good and sort of a creepy read. So if you can mix it up like that, you know, with your literary fiction and you sort of your haunting genre fiction, then it's, you know, it's really good. And you learn a lot about the Donner Party and then, you know, you can sort of, in a very fun way, separate out the supernatural history from some of the more real aspects of the book. And I like that she really tied it to I don't, some of the Na- Native American theories on, on some of the things that were going on in this book. It was very well done. It's getting lots of buzz, which is exciting because I like her as a writer. I've never read anything by her before, but I've met her and she seemed lovely. She is. So I'm excited for her. Nice. Okay, so my next one is called The Girl Who Never Read Noam Chomsky. Um, this book. I, that's me. Yeah, me too. Um, this book comes out April 17th, and I have a feeling that this is going to be a polarizing book, just reading some of the early reviews of it. Um, it's about this girl who she when the book opens she's a college student she is flirting with a boy in a cafe um and he's reading noam chomsky and so then she buys a noam chomsky book and then the point is she never reads it but if you've read a book like um the stone diaries or evening which are books that trace a woman's life through vignettes and moments as opposed to a linear and thorough plot it sounds like this is like that, um, that you you see the rest of her life unfold through small uh, moments in that year, in those years. Um, there's a lot of people who did not like this book. They found it pretentious. They just didn't like the construct. And then there are people who've given it five stars and just said it was amazing. So I think Based on what I've read so far, it's a book I might like. I'd like those vignette books. I, I thought The Stone Diaries was wonderful. I read it years and years and years ago, but I'd like to read it again. And um, I think I'd like to give this one a try. But I do think it may not be for everybody. Who wrote The Stone Diaries? Carol Shields. That's what I thought. I think I read that. And this one is by Jana Casale. C-A-S-A-L-E. So, um, yeah, so I'm going to give this one a try. So it's due out in a couple weeks. Okay. You reminded me of a book that I am reading. And I say remind me, because this is nothing bad about the book. This is just how I feel about 
think I've talked about this before, reading things on my iPad is that I just forget about them. And I'm not going to be able to think of the name. Oh, yeah. It's Laura and Emma by Kate Greathead. I was thinking it was Laura and Kate, but I was thinking of the author's name. But it is full of vignettes. It's about this woman who grows up very wealthy on the Upper East Side, and she finds herself, and she literally finds herself pregnant because the, the circumstances of her pregnancy uh, are, of this book. Are, are kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but so she's trying to raise her daughter differently than how she was raised, you know, but sort of doesn't succeed. She definitely takes advantage of her privilege and her wealth where she wants to, but it's told in little vignettes as her daughter grows up. So it's good. I've definitely read about that one. I'll report back, you know, I mean, unless it takes some crazy twists at the end that um, puts me off of it, you know, it's, I like it. Okay. And I think it's set in the 80s, which I know is your time period. Oh, yeah. I love that. Um, okay, so my last one is a book called The Only Story by Julian Barnes, and this comes out also on April 17th. Uh, I read another book by Julian Barnes. What was that one? The Sense of an Ending. And I remember being frustrated by it, but not so much by the writing as I was by what I thought was an ambiguous ending. But um, this one is about an 18-year-old who ends up having an affair with a 48-year-old woman that he meets playing tennis. And, um, I don't know, maybe that's like a male fantasy to be young and sort of have this older woman to show you the ropes, but, um, I don't know. It sounds good. It looks interesting. It's about the relationship between the two reviews have generally been pretty good. And I would like to give him another try. Keep our eyes peeled. See if, see if anyone has any words about it. Yes. Okay. So another book that I have that is coming out. It's coming out in April. It's called The Girl Who Smile Beads. It's nonfiction. The subtitle is A Story of War and What Comes After. It's by Clementine Wamaria, Wamaria and Elizabeth Weil. This, is, this was a really interesting book. It's about um, a woman who is six years old when um, in 1994 when when the Rwandan massacre was going on. So it's about, I don't know, I guess her life over the next five or six years as she bounces around from one refugee camp to another, and then she finally comes to the United States. And so it's just all about how just her journey and what she felt and how she felt, how she feels the treatment of immigrants is, you know, just her experiences in these camps and then trying to acclimate to the United States and, you know, what she feels about what happened in Rwanda and how it's viewed in, in the greater world. And it was just, it was a really touching story. Um, Very timely. Very timely. She's been through a lot. I think she ended up going to Yale in spite of, you know, all of this hardship and, her family being torn apart and she starts her story off actually relating her experience of being on Oprah Um, and Oprah reunited her with her family and how much conflict that that caused. 
So just a really honest and raw perspective on something that's, you know, super timely. Why did um, going on Oprah cause conflict? Well, I mean, I think it was hard to get in touch with her parents and it was awkward because by the time they did that show on Oprah, I think that she was in high school and she was separated from them since she was six. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that there was ever, um, she may have had some conversations with them, but there was never any kind of reunion. And I, the parents had other kids kind of like just life had moved on, you know? Yep. Interesting. So yeah, definitely an interesting story. I mean, I think it's one of those books that I just sort of picked up and the next thing you know, I had finished it. And I saw... Um, that literally never happens to me. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't happen to me often. I feel like March, I, I think I read five books. I was distracted. Oh my God, that's a good month for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I have one more book to talk about. And I just want to mention it briefly because it came out on March 20th. So I read this book called The Italian Party by Christina Lynch. Um, It's about this newlywed couple who moves to Italy in the 1950s and they're keeping secrets from each other. Did I mention this? I I feel like I have. It doesn't sound, um, I don't think I've heard of it. Okay. So good. Um, I think, I think I, I wrote an Instagram post about books I had been reading and I think you know, sort of, I must be remembering from that. But anyway, so it is about this newlywed couple. They go to Rome in the 1950s, and they are keeping big secrets from each other. Um, one of them, I think, is mentioned in the jacket, and it becomes it's so readily apparent that he is caught up in the spy game. Um, so, but there are other bigger secrets that are impacting this marriage, and how they are like he's trying to he's his cover story is that he's selling these these tractors in Italy to promote the American dream in the 1950s but it's a lot about their life um, with each other as these secrets come out and how they deal with each other there's lots of Italian food and lots of of culture Um, I don't know in some ways I just loved really I guess the experiences that are described um, I think the spy story could have been stronger, but it was still, it was still a good read. Like it was one that I went into in the beginning thinking, I'm not sure that I'm going to like this, but I really got into these characters and this story. So, and especially if you, if you love Rome and, you know, Italian culture and food, it delves a lot into that. I think that might've been like my biggest issue with it. She dealt, she does delve into a lot of the history of Italy, and at times it felt a little sort of like info dump, like maybe if it could have been integrated a little bit more into the story, but it was still a good read. So, so that's that. I just want to remind everybody, May 3rd, You Think It, I'll Say It by Curtis Sittenfeld. Get yourself on the list now. It's a public service announcement yes. from Dale Weisswasser. <laughs> So until next time, happy reading. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Readerly Podcast. You can find issues of Readerly at readerlymag.com. Please subscribe to the Readerly Podcast at iTunes or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Until next time, keep reading.